You're listening to the Knowledge Archives podcast. Welcome to the Knowledge Archives podcast. We're a group of students on a mission to learn from as many different disciplines of knowledge as possible. I'm your host, Madhav Malhotra, and today I'm glad to be joined by Dr. Ehsan Kiani, a postdoctoral research fellow at the University of New England in Australia. His research focuses on the applications of new computational technologies like artificial intelligence in the agricultural industry. I'm very curious to hear how he envisions this rapidly changing industry in the future. Thank you for joining me today. I'm very excited to learn a little bit more about your work and the details of ag tech in general. But first of all, I think it would be great to just uh, hear a little bit about yourself and your research interests. Thank you so much for inviting me to this podcast. AgTech has been a very significant issue and I always kept on top of my mind, and especially when talking about Christian agriculture. I've graduated from my PhD back in 2012 in the area of mechanical engineering, and my thesis focused on the automation of a farm tractor. And then I moved on by doing some projects in robotics and in automation. Uh, so back in 2015, I have done a very quite novel project to design and develop a, a WIDA that's absolutely unmanned. So the intelligence over there was so significant. And then I continued it uh, in the same area in the Mediterranean uh, region in Cyprus. So I moved from Turkey to Cyprus and I've been a teacher over there, an assistant professor with a burning ambition to develop Cypriot agriculture. And uh, I get introduced into the group in, in, at UNE, the Christian Agricultural Research Group. And I moved all the way into Australia in 2018 and continue to deploy the artificial intelligence into uh, agricultural applications and also ecology. Mm-hmm. And it's really interesting to consider all of the different experiences you've had, both in terms of just personally experiencing this industry from all of these different parts of the world with their different challenges in the agricultural industry, but then also in terms of all of the different technologies you worked on. So I think it'll be very interesting to explore those. But first of all, just to get started here, when we think about agriculture in general, what are some of the significant challenges that ag tech might be solving? Well, this area of uh, entitled as Christian agriculture, I believe that has been uh, has gained momentum back in the early years of 1970 in, in Europe, and then later on developed by the other modern countries. In 1969, NASA has landed a lunar module on the moon. So since then, we are trying to solve some smart approaches to further develop the way that we are living and eases, that eases our life and brings more wealth and health. The thing is, by 2015, I believe that the world population, if I'm right, will be doubled. The sad thing over here is the resources are the same at best. 
some people ponder that the arable areas or other resources like water will be shrink by 2050. So how we can produce more food products for such a large population, which would be, I think, about over 10 billion people. So precision agriculture comes into play and by offering some effective and efficient approaches, techniques to uh, in increase the productivity of the agricultural or farming operations. We have tried to get uh, so many technologies, like especially the uh, technologies in electronics or in the airspace or whatever, into account to raise this efficiency of the agricultural productivity to grow more uh, healthy and wealthy products that will help significantly uh, in um, efficiency or efficacy of the agricultural operations in general. The key challenge over here is the energy that we don't have that much energy for like if we have a drone, this, this drone may not uh, do, do enough or stand enough for more than 20 minutes or half an hour. And this is the one key challenge. The other thing is uh, we need to revolutionize these approaches. Speaking of my personal experiences, a sweet experience is when you fly over the, the university that I've done my uh, previous postdoc back in 2015 on, on the Antalya province. You see so many greenhouses over there. And greenhouses are one of the key solutions to such problem. So how we get around these challenges is like by having neutral soil, by having any kind of thing that may outsmart the conventional methods. The other thing is that the recent viral pandemic has uh, made us to think more deeply about the future. Like one of the solutions for the very level intensive jobs was to transfer levers, some individuals, a group of individuals from underdeveloped countries to developed countries to spend less money. But right now, that solution is not affordable because they may transfer some virals from one country to another or from the other country back to another country. And right now, many countries has uh, closed their borders so nobody can pass. So who's gonna do this job? The solution is obviously a robot. A robot that can see and understand the environment. Right now, I, I have gradually uh, moved from agriculture to mechanics and then to uh, robotics and mechatronics. And right now I'm sitting in the computer science in order to build intelligence and intelligence that can do whatever uh, the human can do. Again, back in Cyprus, one of the key industries in Cyprus is growing strawberries. Strawberry, you know, is a very, healthy food with so many nutrients plus antioxidants that keeps people away from the some typical diseases such as cancer and whatever and very delicious as well i'm one of the, the fans the problem is at night there are so many insects over there due to high humidity and temperature in the july and august or even june or september so they need some people or some levers or something that can take care of their, because they are working not in the greenhouse, in the open field, to take care of their farms. So who's gonna do this, that job again? 
if we have a robot, the robot can see during the night so using the infrared technology. So they ha it has the night vision. It can better see if any anything alive over there. Since you know the alive creatures are mostly uh, hotter, and uh, if they emit infrared and can be easily seen even during the night. So the other solutions like having some other insects to chew and remove other insects or having because my grandpa was a farmer and told me that we had the solution as having some snakes in the wheat uh, land and the snakes would chew and uh, capture some mice and some other insects but at the same time it would damage some other people and by having the very suitable environment to offspring and uh, bring damage to the people as well and harm them. So the, this robotic technology is a very good offer. The key challenge is, I think, the time and budgets, and there are some many governments to back and support this. Right now, you see that the oil has not played a key role in the uh, industries and globally. And what's uh, it's coming into play as the strategic route to trade between people is like, I, I think, the agricultural products and food. For example, right now, there is a trade war between so many superpowers. And that was quite predictable. Maybe from five or six years ago, or maybe 10 years ago, the trader would like to put themselves ahead of the others. So right now, one country, I'm not going to say who, because um, I think it's better to talk like anonymously, is not going to buy some goods from the other country. And right now, to be involved in the agricultural industry, I can feel it thoroughly. <laughs> but what's going to be the consequences of such drastic clashes between the superpowers? So it will bring damage to the farmers. So what we can do to increase the rate of growth as much as we can. So that way, by having more offer, the demand will be stabilized and reduced. The other thing is we need to have the technology anyway to survive people. The people should survive regardless of whatever situation or the circumstances around the globe, either politically, economically, the people should survive. Otherwise, the consequences are not tolerable. And the, if the people suffer from hunger, uh, then there are some mental consequences and the radical people may emerge. So you see that the agriculture plays a key role by prevention of such troubles or chaos in the world. Uh, the technology, to answer your question in one sentence, the technology will help the farmers to have more standards and healthier methods to breed and uh, produce uh, more agricultural products such as fruits, grains, cattle, etc. The other thing is like my wife is working in the uh, food industry right now and I know that the production of such organic foods especially over here compared to the other countries that I have born or uh, wor worked or educated in. I've been in uh, five 
different countries and so far internationally. So I see that you get into the astronomic clothes and then you are allowed to move into the greenhouse. Over there, there is no any chemical. So the people like the chemical-free products, the products that has no uh, herbicide, pesticides on it, aflatoxin, any fertilizer that is quite virtual and not organic. So, um, and these kind of products will serve better the chance. So you, are, you may have like one, rather two or three apples a day, you may have one for the healthier one. The one that brings less harm to your body and brings more advantages to your uh, immune system or I don't know, whatever demands uh, your body uh, may need. Mm-hmm. That was a lot of interesting information, but just to see if I have it correct, I think the very important thing about AgTech, as you were saying, is that it has the unique potential to solve some very, very important problems. And you listed several of them, everything from how there is going to be water shortages to how there is going to be a greater demand for food due to overpopulation to how we have decreasing land availability to how there's greater need for pest control and how we don't really have other solutions such as introducing invasive species that can do an effective job here. And then also at the end, talking about the productivity of the land and the sheer amount that we produce, especially in the context of how we use increasing amounts of chemicals like fertilizers in our agricultural production and also in the context of how we have more economic factors at play here with economic tensions between countries to just shortages of laborers to work in the industry. I think it's so interesting to consider this huge mess of problems, but how AgTech uniquely is positioned to make an impact in all of them. And I think it would be very valuable. I know you were mentioning all of the different examples of how you've been able to work in the past with these different types of technologies. I know you were mentioning a bunch about the hardware side of things with robots and creating autonomous sensors and capabilities and such. I know you've also been recently researching with software and AI, as you mentioned. Just to complete the picture, I think it would be great to hear about some of the examples of how we're also developing the computational or software side of things when it comes to these new applications of ag tech. Yeah, that's pretty much correct. Thanks for briefing. The thing is, right now we need the software technologies that can work in the outdoor environment. Uh, again, I'm going to give some examples of the what's going on under the hood. Is like I have heard um, that uh, soon there will be a trouble in the whole world. Uh, I mean, the whole human beings on the planet Earth can destroy itself. There is such a potential, and everybody was thinking that it might be something like a nuclear war, or even the people would think of like the asteroid who may destroy the whole planet Earth. But we have recently have come to see that there are some other even much, much more important, important and invisible enemies going on. I mean, I'm talking about this viral pandemic. And I think the agriculture is even more important. All the governments, 
you should, should take this more seriously into account to back this autonomy in agriculture. Right now, what we are what we are doing, thanks to the support of the Australian government and the, uh, in particular, the government of New South Wales in our state, we have a billion dollars, sorry, a multi-million dollar technology that is going to be multi-billion dollar, hopefully in near future, in maybe seven years or six, uh, to develop some softwares that can do the jobs that human can do. For example, we have seen that there are so many technologies like Google is developing a driverless car or Tesla or some other brands. But the thing about the agriculture is when you are not moving in the urban areas, you are working in an uncontrolled, live and dynamically changing natural environment, such as an agricultural field. So the development of the technology over there is even more difficult. Like in military, they can, I don't know, they can detect and track a missile, but at what cost? The cost in military is so high. In the agriculture, we have to develop the technologies that are uh, much more affordable in terms of cost, in terms of the degree of uh, complexity of the technology like and a farmer like to press only a button and then it should work on its own so you cannot like train for like many years that okay this is the way that you need to work with this one and then the new technology comes and then he or she should uh, train on the new one over here the autonomy comes into play right now i'm doing a twofold research uh, I'm trying to detect some crops over the area, and uh, if you specifically find the region occupied by the crop, you can have the site-specific treatments. So you can spread the pesticide, for example, only on the areas, not on the soil, as opposed to the uniform spread of the pesticides that may pollute the environment, they may produce uh, some uh, products that are not coping with the standards in Australia, in Europe, North America, and so on. So in this way, having the, this technology, like the automatic recognition of the plant, we can develop so many required technologies and uh, in turn standards products demanded by the market and by people. On the other hand, I'm doing a similar job in ecology. We are trying to find the invasive species in order to control their population. Like uh, recently in Australia, we had the water shortage back in um, a year ago when we, we were experiencing the bushfires, very drastic bushfires. We have lost half a billion uh, animals in, from many different species. And when the water is short, the population of the animals, the species will drastically reduce, but uh, the importance of the technology raises. Why? Say there is a pond in, in which we have some water left. So all the animals will gather together to drink from the water, which gives a very good suitable target 
for the invasive animals like feral cats here, like in New South Wales, we have the feral cats problem. So over here, we are trying to overcome this problem by uh, controlling their population. In order to control the population, you may kill them by many different ways overnight in the days. But the thing is, you need to do that job when you can recognize it. So right now, the problem is developing an, uh, an artificial intelligence. I'm not talking about outsmarting the human being, but the one that can uh, perform the job uh, at a certain level. Mm -hmm. I think it's so interesting to hear about these very newfound applications and just hear about the diversity of all the different uses of these new technologies, especially with computer vision in AI research as applied to this industry. And I also thought that it was interesting to notice some of the trends that you were pointing out when it came to the different examples of this technology being applied and their challenges. Especially, I, I was noticing how you were talking about government attention to ag tech in general. It was almost like, as you mentioned earlier, food production and food security is a huge problem for many nations. But while we do hear about intense debates about, uh, say, energy security, especially in North America, we don't see it for food production, which is like another very, very vital resource. And then at the same time, in the inherent development of this technology, you have all of these constraints to work with that say, you pointed out the example of other technology, like military technology that might also use other applied AI algorithms and other advanced hardware approaches. They get a lot more funding. They are able to train the users more, whereas ag tech doesn't have those uh, benefits. So there are a lot more constraints to be working with. Are there any other challenges that you think are very significant to slowing down the development of this technology? And then with all the challenges that you mentioned, what do you think are some of the most promising solutions being developed to these different challenges in the say next five years? Very good question. Thanks for asking this. Uh, the thing is, soon uh, everything will be automized. I'm sure that if it was like a thousand years ago and you ask my grand-grand-grandpa that one day you will sit at home and like uh, control your farm, uh, he would say that uh, I think it is only at the power of a prophet or so like a prophecy and capability or maybe like metaphysics, something. But right now, thanks to the technology developments that gathered in the past 200 years, especially in the past two decades, we can imagine the unthinkable right now. So um, I think that the technology is already growing in a promising way. And as the technology is growing, we can uh, deploy more promising techniques and approach and utilities, hardware, software into agriculture. And I would like to invite the people who are very interested, like the young scholars, young students interested in artificial intelligence, in the uh, electronics, such as like the people who are interested in embedded systems, such as, I don't know, like Raspberry Pi or Arduino or others, or people who are interested in mechatronics. I have seen some students when I was like a teacher 
back in Cyprus that would create a robotic arm. I would like to invite them to seriously think of agriculture, find the people in this field, in their own country, in their own region, and try to register, get involved, get engaged. And I think this kind of uh, science is called citizen science. So the, when you leave it to the people, especially the youngsters like you, <laughs> I, I do believe that uh, they can find the smart ways. Uh, we just need to manage them or somewhat supervise these youngsters. And on the other hand, as soon as we have, uh, maybe in five years, you won't probably see a driver or maybe 10 years later. And there is no congestion, there is no like population. I think the people uh, need to move from the urban areas to the rural areas. And that way we can have more arable lands. Given this current situation, I think the earth has uh, become 20 years younger because the usage of the oil, of the uh, resources that has been harming the environment has been almost stopped. And we have more clear air. I think in the near future, we have less uh, troubles with global warming. So in some places you see there's a water shortage, bad drought for 20 years. And in other places, we have overflowed, and this is quite tangible uh, recently if you follow the news in each channel. And then uh, this way, I think automatically everything comes into the uh, right place, having the scholars and the investors, the governments uh, in this area. And I think it's, uh, it is getting uh, more and more attention and automatic, automatically it is happening. And I hope that this podcast will help to just speed up even for a portion of a person. Mm-hmm. And I think that's a very interesting call to action at the end there, because in the midst of all of these technological developments, you would think that the biggest next steps might be more developments in the technology. But as you mentioned, it's so interesting to consider how it's also important to get the right people working on this issue and get more attention here, especially from different, not only researchers, but also the different stakeholders, such as governments and all that. And that kind of personal element finally leads to my last question, which has been about your experience. I think it's really amazing to hear all of your different insights today, and especially all of the different examples that you brought up from having worked in all of these countries. So I wanted to ask you, how useful have you found this multidisciplinary experience from having experienced the agricultural industry in all of these different countries? And especially, how has it been like starting off in a developing nation when starting your studies? Have you found that that has been a benefit for you and being able to see a different perspective that say other colleagues might not be able to or are there some challenges that have come about because of that as a scholar in your experience i think the thing is you need to get the people to take agriculture more seriously because i think many of them take it for granted so why we should invest in this Uh, we just plant a seed and it grows Actually, the, the fact is not like that. We need, to, we need a very, very huge big system of management and proper supervision on top of that. Back in my country, in uh, Iran, I remember that in the city of Shiraz, I don't know if you have heard of 
that city or not. It is culturally one of the most important cities in Middle East, uh, culturally, historically, and speaking of uh, red wine and vineyards. For more than 20 years, decades, the city was in a drought, and they asphalted one of the pathways of the flood, make it a highway. Back in March 2019 in Iran, we got so many floods for weeks, rains and rains. We experienced very high precipitation. So in one day, you have, I have seen that the cars are piled up on top of each other, maybe by 10 levels, because you know the people didn't take the environment or the nature quite seriously. So or recently, I have seen that getting too much water from underground some of the fields have collapsed and they fall down by two meters, three meters. Uh, so taking, uh, we need to take care of the environment much more and by having the Christian agriculture, we need the new novel technologies, we can take care of. So I think this is number one on the list. Number two is the technology is not yet quite mature for our purposes. So in some cases it works, like right now I'm working on this, something that can detect on the, the objects, I mean the agricultural or ecological objects, regardless of the environment or the background. And as soon as you change the species or the environment, everything changes over there. And this is the key challenge over here. Unlike the like detection of the car or I don't know, the, mili the military I think is one of the easiest one. And I don't understand that why they are spending this much money. <laughs> you know, in the future, you need to spend your, your resources on, on food, on water, on nature, on the environment. Otherwise your people will suffer. And I think it is time to put an end, you know, globally to spending on the, whatever associated with the military and work, get the soldiers to work on the land and on the automation, or we need many, many people to go and uh, take pictures, to do some experiments for us in order to make the technology more mature for the specific, for region specific or species specific or environment specific task or season specific even. So I think the technology time by time is growing. And now we can see that rather getting the already made technologies from industry to, or engineering into agriculture, we have the demands by the agriculture and we are asking the technology makers, the hardware producers to do the products that we like as they have done for the agricultural tractors, combines, choppers, and so on. So we soon we have some a robot specific, maybe in, uh, in the half of a decade, in the next five years or six years, that we have some robot agriculture specific robots, hopefully. Mm -hmm. And I think that's a very inspirational note to end off on. So to wrap up, I just wanted to ask if someone was curious to learn more about your work or learn about the ag tech technology and industry in general, where might they go? Well, they can visit my LinkedIn and connect, connect with my LinkedIn or via my email. So my email is obviously like E-H-S-K-I-A-N-I at uh, gmail.com. So they may contact me via this email. 
uh, then uh, we can do something together if I can do or I can direct them to the people who can uh, help them out. That sounds great. So I'll make sure to include those links. And finally, I just wanted to thank you for providing all of this insight. It has been a really, really interesting conversation with all of the different perspectives you provided on this topic. And it really gives me an appreciation for how important this industry is and will continue to be in the coming years. Thank you very much for having me.